Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. I needed to turn up the volume. Okay, now I've got nervous because I was practicing how to say her name and now I'm getting nervous again, Benny. <gasps> You're waiting for me to say it and I'm nervous. <laughs> you gotta just jump in with two feet. Just you gotta jump in. You gotta do it. Ashari. It's Acharya Chaz and like uh, Gosh, see, I was practicing. Acharya I was... Yeah. It's such a beautiful name. It's the beautiful title, and we're going to get into that beautifulness in just a minute, you guys. We're, we've got wholeness. We got radical self-acceptance. We got love all right here in the Gratitude Cafe. Benny, how are you, love? Good. Very well. Hope you had a great Easter weekend last weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. How, are the boys <laughs> You're still? like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Well, because yeah, your well, kids are I mean, out and they've kind of probably played doing their own little thing, but we were in full force this weekend. We, I feel like I'm still taking a breath back from, whew, there was a lot going on. I bet. You've got a few different families and hopping yeah. all over, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still doing that. And we've mixed in a birthday in there too. So why not? You know, why not? <laughs> I know, right? Why not? It was a great weekend though. Good. Beautiful. Pacific Northwest. Hey, I'm coming up on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna go play. I've got a girlfriend visiting from California, mm-hmm. so um, I'm gonna go up and play in Seattle, and of course visit my old town, Woodenville, mm-hmm. and say hello. <laughs> Your old town, like oh, yeah, old town. <laughs> my that? my my other home, the old stomp, <laughs> the old stomping ground. <laughs> I used to I used to ride my horse through Woodenville, downtown Woodenville. I think you still can. No, they put a horse prohibited sign oh. uh, during fair times. You can, but oh. no, not anymore. You know, it's no. funny. The other day, we, we actually went on a bike ride yesterday. The boys and I, the girlfriend and her kids and all that, we're out there. It, we, we did the Seuss Trail. I don't know if anyone's done that. It's through Kent in the Kent Highlands area. So it's, yeah. called, it's Seuss, S-O-O-S. It's a great little ride for even the littles to even up tall. So we're at one of the like intersections where like the main road where it meets the trail. So everyone's got to stop yes. and all that. There's a little button on the bottom. I literally had a moment, like why? And it was a blonde moment. If you want to consider it that, it is. And there's a button down below, obviously, when you trigger the crosswalk. And there's one a little higher up. I'm like, how can anybody reach that? Like, is someone going to, like, jump up there and get it? And you saw my answer because it's a horse. If you're on horseback, you can't reach down. Uh, Right? I just drew a blank. And then my girlfriend goes, Probably because there's horses allowed on this trail too. I'm like, oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boom. I'm all like, oh. that's so yeah, smart. I yeah, we don't have those in Woodenville. Yeah. No. So I, I don't know if you were familiar with seeing the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Got across to all of those out in the country, right. thank you and be safe. Watch your surroundings. Totally. <laughs> totally watch your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's adorable, Benny. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. The YouTube world. We have a wonderful guest today, and I'm super excited. We are, we're, we're going to Vedic. We're going spiritual. We're going grounded. We're going radical forgiveness. We're doing clear, 
honest, loving advice at our attention, our intention is always to give you information, education, and it's a new you, a new, you know, new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. You take what resonates and leave the rest. It's all in love and compassion. And I'm super excited to bring this guest today, like I am every week, but here we go. Before I get started, I want to remind you, Mother's Day weekend is coming up. I know it's next month, but it's coming up. But what I wanted to do and why I'm telling you this is because my team and I are going to do a live mini C2C the week of May 3rd. And there's going to be some special little goodies for that. And why not honor yourself as a mother, however that shows up in your world, and do the mini C2C, the live mini C2C. That's one-on-one coaching with me for five days, Monday through Friday, every morning. It is so fun. You'll have unlimited access. You're going to get real-life self-regulating tools. You're going to, of course, get me and inspiration and goofiness and getting y'all fired up. And, of course, love and real-life self-regulating tools for real life in real time. So if that sounds good to you, especially with everything that's going on, we have opportunities galore for self-regulating and everything that is happening in our lifetime right now. So with that, you can go to sulanquist.com forward slash the letter C and the number two and the letter C. If you have any other information, you can just email me and my team at what is it? Super Sue cares at gmail.com. <laughs> I had to remember. Yeah, you have one. so many. I mean, I, well, you could just go to sulunquist.com as go. well and just you'd find everything there. <laughs> wow. Okay. I just got nervous again because I really want to do good by the name. I'll do it. do it. Do it. We welcome Acharya Shunya. Oh, boy, Benny. You got a chills, didn't so- She's all chills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Here we're talking international. I'm going to do the formal bio and then we're going to bring you on because you've got to tell the meaning of the title and then that beautiful meaning of the name as well. Internationally renowned spiritual teacher and scholar of non dual wisdom and an award winning and classical trained master of yoga and Arveda, the first female head of her 2000 year. Indian spiritual lineage. Holy macaronis. This is amazing. She is the, she is dedicated her life to the dissemination of Vedic knowledge for the spiritual uplifting of all beings. And she's the president of the awakening self foundation and author of the best-selling book, our Vedic lifestyle wisdom, which became one of the top 10 books in alternative medicine in 2017. Today, She is birthing a new baby here with us on the Gratitude Cafe, and her latest book is The Sovereign Self. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. All right. You got to say, tell the, so of course I can do the formal bio, but let's get to know you and your energy and love and all of that. So I'm going to let you take it. Well, my name is Shunya, which means infinity. Mm. And I think I got that name in India. Naming is a big thing. And my guru was also my paternal grandfather. And I think he must have named me Shunya because he wanted me to not stay small inside me for sure. And then I studied and I went deep into the ancient Indian philosophy, teachings, practices, of the non-dual wisdom. And I came out after 14 long years with the title 
Acharya, which means a master teacher. And then when I was 24, I was given this, um, the, you know, I was bequeathed the, the, the title or the, the responsibility of leading my lineage. And in India, 2000 years, we know our lineage, we know our names, we know our family. So it's like, it's a very ancient culture. And my ancestors have contributed to the original wisdom books of India called the Vedas. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so do you feel, well, let's jump into this. Do you feel that you were born into this or was there, it was there a little bit of time where you took away or was this, was this kind of a gradual, you just, this was you, this was life. This was you living. You know, I was born in India that was changing. I was born in the 1960s and India went through a lot of change from being a traditional culture to being a world economy anchored in the world with aspirations that are very international and, um, you know, with the times. Uh, so I've definitely had a, a period, especially through my age 14, 15 to about 18 when I had some angst. It was not angst as in it was pulling at me because I had a charmed life in that sense, but it was definitely something like, is this going to be relevant? Is, is only my family this way because the rest of India was caught up in cricket and Bollywood and while we were more <laughs> traditional and sans, you know, uh, scholarly and we mo had more spiritual disciplines. Uh, but we were also progressive deep inside us. We were also expanded. We were also meditating. All in all, I think it was a happy story. That's yes. Well, I think those are good questions all around, right? And I think we as, as humans and as teenagers, some, they may go a little bit farther off on the wing and then come back in alignment later on in life. All of it is wisdom. All of it is, is as it should be, at least in my experience, my, my thought. So tell me about your new book. And I have to tell you, somehow, somewhere, my copy got lost in the mail. So do you, by chance, do you have a copy with you? I don't have it handy this okay. way. Minute. Okay. Well, I'm so excited about it. Uh, Sounds True is the publisher. And uh, it's a beautiful red book, hard copy. And uh, probably it's the first book of its kind in the English language, which makes the esoteric wisdom of the Bhagavad Gita, the yoga philosophy, like really tangible in the here and now with, with stories from my students worldwide, a lot of them in America, but really, you know, I now thanks to technology, I and my lineage, we have students worldwide. And these are the real stories of love and loss and betrayal and codependency or addictions. And, how can we use the ancient Hindu wisdom in today's context and be free? And that's where the title comes, Sovereign Self, like free within to not be so attached and clingy and, you know, where we lose our power. Oh, we're talking the same language completely. And losing our personal power and diminishing herself. I like how your teacher, your, it was it your paternal grandfather, infinite, didn't want you to diminish that light within you. And I love that you had that, that elder and that teaching. Um, and there's, 
you know, quite honestly, there's many of us that don't have that opportunity. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but look at this beautiful gem of a book that you've created and the people that you've been able to facilitate that change. Even, and I, and audience, I'm, I'm addressing you as well as myself. Now you have a book and a tool, you know, you say, well, I didn't have the elder. I didn't have the so-and-so to help me. Well, guess what you do now. <laughs> You have it right here, right now. Talk to me about, do you have like an aha moment in one of your clients or a story that you can tell us based from the book that really changed either your life or even your client's life? I'm sure there's many, right? I have so many stories. For example, you know, there was someone uh, I knew who had, um, was really needy sexually and things were not, I mean, not needy sexually to the point of sickness, but, but she was not getting regular sex at home in her, in her relationship with her husband. And then she ended up having an affair behind the back of her husband. Now, uh, at one level, it's justified because she's not getting what she needed. So she went and got what she wanted. But then when you sneak around behind, your back, behind the back of someone you love, um, you know, you get diminished. You don't feel sovereign. You're in the bondage of whatever you've been craving. And then you're lying. And then you're covering up the lies with more lies. And so suddenly from being this vivacious woman who had everything going for her, that one need, which she could not get, reduced her to having like one night stands and lying and sneaking. But then when she became my student and she started learning the very things that I was talking about, she just found within her this ability to not be apologetic or shamed, but to honestly lay it out on the table for her husband and say, I need this. I'm having a couple of, or I've had a couple of, you know, slings here, there, a few, you know, a few things happening. I'm not proud of that, but I'm not gonna leave this life. And we either see a therapist or it's over and I'm not gonna take any shame because I'm, I know what I want and this is my body calling out, you know, mm. and I'm not gonna give it things in secrecy. And do you know, she started having an open sexual life in that same family. Wow. And, and it, this is being sovereign. Sovereign is not being prudish. Sovereign is not having to sit with your head shaved being celibate or vegan under a tree. Right. So, because that's just wearing more spiritual uh, marks and being branded as spiritual. Spiritual means you could go to an orgy, you know, if that's what you determine to be the right thing for you. It's just that you don't want to do it from a place of diminished, you know, we're using that word today, but from an infinite mindset rather yeah. than a diminished mindset. So, um, well, I think it's important to discern the two because, you know, us in, in traditional world, we understand, well, I made myself small. Yeah. Well, of course, I, we would love for you to be infinite, but you say the word infinite and they're like, I don't even know what that feels like, especially if somebody's in that spiral, right, of self-doubt and they're in the muck of it. Right. That's a great question. And that's where that second word in my book, sovereign self comes up. So according to the great ancient Indian philosophy known as the Vedic philosophy, just like your Buddhist philosophy, 
or Christian philosophy. We have the Vedic, which even which which predates Hinduism, predates every religion that came out of India, and it's a universal, timeless philosophy. According to the Vedic philosophy, so each one of us has an invisible self. It's not this body. It's not the mind. It's not even that little shadowy ego that is born from if the body's feeling fat, the shadow feels unhappy. If the, you know, it, it's, it's a true, joyous, expansive state of being. And so you are more infinite when you are feeling expansive, naturally, naturally supported by the life that you have. It may not be pretty, but you feel grateful, like internally, you don't have to think it or psych yourself into it, but you wake up excited. You feel like you have possibilities. You feel like you've learned from your messes in the past and you feel like you're the author of the script of your life. I would say that would be an infinite mindset because there is still time to be who you were meant to be. There is still time to lead the life you were meant to be leading because you're no longer feeling diminished or constrained by scripts, conditioning, habits, lies, and shame. Oh, and, shames and, and, and illusions. Yeah, and those oh, Yes, and all those past experiences based on shame or choices. And, and the audience knows the, I, you know, I, I, there's adjectives to describe, but I use the language, we all have opportunities. Some people call it challenges. Some people call it fear. Some people call it that. If you can come from a CC's compassionate curiosity and have it and take it as compassionate, get, be compassionate, not only for yourself, but for the other person and get curious, it opens the heart more than that contracted energy, right? And coming from a, a space of fear. So let's talk to those people because we've got quite a bit of opportunities or aka fears and spinning out in society right now how can your book and also being sovereign within themselves knowing authentically big anchor words for me that I use are authentic and genuine that really feel authentic and genuine to me and how can we apply your tips and tools and the Vedic, all that you have to offer in your book? What can we, what kind of tips and tools can we give the audience to help them with their opportunities now? You know, the entire book is broken up into three parts. And the first part is an analysis of why we suffer. And, okay. you know, a lot of pop spiritualities tell us, or even teachers from India might tell us to chant a mantra, breathe by holding your nose this way, that way, but they don't shed light on how the hell are you ruining your own opportunities you, and how you're not being authentic and how you're not being genuine and what exactly happened. So in the first part, we dehack what is happening. And I talk about how we get caught up by our ordinary desires, our ordinary likes and dislikes, let's not allow them to become attachments to ah. some level because when we become attached, then we become attached to a certain outcome and averse to another outcome. And when that happens, there's a progressive chain that has been explained by the ancient holy text Bhagavad Gita, which says, when you're attached and averse, Sooner or later, you start feeling grief for yourself. You become a victim. I mean, an 8,000-year-old text tells you first you become a victim, 
then you become angry because now you want to put the blame on someone, if not God or another person. Yes. You're peeved and then you're resentful. And that leads to what's known as a delusional mindset. So you, a delusional person looks totally normal, talks normally, is even talks a, like a duck, talks like a duck. <laughs> but something's not right. You're entitled. You're upset. You're 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 doing two plus two is equal to five. You're making wrong judgments. And then the Gita says, after delusion, you have what's known as a a soul memory loss like you forget deep down the kind of knowingness of wholeness that we all have deep inside and that starts going away and you know that connection with the sun moon something wonderful that goes away and at the final stage we become self-destructive people we make that phone call we shouldn't be making we send that email we shouldn't be sending we we may pick up a gun and shoot someone we may you know do things that uh, we live to regret and our planet pays the price for it so this like it's like an eight step thing a process that i've talked about and so don't you think knowledge itself is medicine when we can see that you know we we don't do that so then in the second part i talk about how we can discipline our own mind so it listens to us it doesn't do its own thing. How can we, you know, how can we work with our own apparatus so that we're the master of our castle rather than like just our senses want cheesecake, we're on a diet, we're eating a cheesecake. <laughs> you know? like, I'll just have a little bite. Just a little bite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then in the final part, I talk about how to live with this kind of sovereign power non-violently, peacefully ethically with the whole world we don't want to get because you do get powerful with these readings but i don't want anybody getting so arrogant with them you know you want to and i even have a like section on say you're leaving a relationship how do you do it in a non-violent but sovereign way what can you think what can you do so i feel like it's a very here and now book i mean it's i'm receiving letters from all over the world saying wow i was always you know, puzzled by this ancient Hindu wisdom. And I always thought it was mystical and beautiful, but it's downright important psychological teachings for today's, you know, people of today. Yeah. People for today. Yes. Your latest book, The Sovereign Self. I'm so, I want it in my hot little hand so I can show everybody. But for audience, don't worry. I will make sure that um, I post everything on the Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff's there anyways. And of course on the website. So with that, we are going to take a quick commercial break in the radio world. And then during YouTube, we're going to have a little chat. So join us over there if you'd like. Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. Yes, that's positive radio to feed your soul. You know what? Give me 20 minutes and I'm going to give you a lifetime of change. Learn to manage your mind. It's just you, just version 2.0. You hear me say it on the radio, new thoughts, new ideas, new perspective, and it's a new you. Let's have a conversation and stop your spinning. 206-300-2227.
No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's obvious physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. I knew that I had to get support, not just for me, but for the sake of my wife and kids. Talking about it has helped me feel more like myself again. Honestly, it was hard to open up at first, but it's changed my life for the better. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. here with the Gratitude Cafe. All right, if you're just tuning in, you're halfway through the show. Yeah, turkeys, you gotta go back. Go to suelundquist.com and forward slash newsletter and you can sign up for the newsletter. You can get all this juicy, yummy, beautiful information and all of our hosts' information and where to find their books, their content and information. So if you, uh, and we don't spam or do any of that stuff. I give you really good content. And actually I do readings every week, um, just kind of set the stage for all of us as well, pulling cards and setting our intention and loving on you. So with that, you can go to suelundquist.com forward slash newsletter and uh, suelundquist.com. You can find all the Facebook links, the Instagram links, all that juicy stuff right there. The sovereign self. Ah, do you guys hear that? The sovereign self, how can you be sovereign and accept, right? That acceptance, that authentic and genuine acceptance within yourself without the shame, right? Did I lose her, Benny? What happened? Where'd she go? Are we good? Okay, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was it? Okay, I'll I'll do a different influx next time. Question, <laughs> how can we be our sovereign self? And we were talking at YouTube earlier, um, not wanting, needing, desiring, or having to do 
what mom and dad have done. Let's explain that a little bit more. There's a beautiful concept called swa dharma. Swa means self and dharma means what's going to hold you, the path, okay. the, the truth, uh, the big truth, you know. And we've all heard the word dharma and dharma is makes us aligned with the whole universe, mm. not just with mom and dad or our culture or our boyfriend or Uncle Benny. Yes, yeah. like the big thing. And it talks about four kinds of big swadharma uh, uh, opportunities which can help us know ourselves. So the first one is, uh, are you somebody who feels turned on by creating abundance, wealth, um, material things, you know? Uh, it, it means you have a swadharma for wealth. So you want to create wealth for yourself. You want to create jobs for others. You create, you make our planet more comfortable through this wealth. And I can't believe this, that this ancient teachings from India, which, which predate even Hinduism, these teachings are telling us you were meant to be doing this and unapologetically go In ahead. time. <laughs> Know, and, yes. and think about it and create it and and so you know how we poop some like spiritual circles poo poo people who are trying to be spiritual entrepreneurs or whatever but it says no you were divinely constructed to be able to do that so so i've had students who've you know grown up in intellectual families and they're push push away money or you know spiritual families where to be poor is supposed to be you know, a, a badge. And when they study about Swadharma from me or read my book, they go, all right then, now I know why I get these brilliant ideas or why, you know, I want to do what I want to do. So that's one, the Swadharma of wealth. Then you have another kind of deep, deep soul vocation, which is like of being a, a leader. And so if you notice that you're often wanting to have an opinion about causes, and you may not bother with petty things, but you can't stand injustice. And you're the teacher who's most, you know, vociferous on a PTA meeting, maybe, or about, you know, the stop sign near your neighborhood where cars are going too fast. It could be a small thing. It could be a big thing like Nelson Mandela. It doesn't matter, but it's like, speak your truth, own it. Let nobody threaten you. Hold on, let go of everything but your right to have an opinion. Be a leader. Be a leader of Dharma for everybody. And so this is the Swadharma or the vocation of the soul to uh, show the way. And, uh, and I love it because I have some of that. And once I read that, I realize I'm not the kind of spiritual leader of a 2000 year lineage who's just going to sit there with their eyes closed while the world. You know, <laughs> not me either. No, no, no. Yeah. no. So on my own podcast, I mean, I'll record fiery podcasts when George Floyd was murdered brutally. So I'm like an activist on the side for fairness, for justice, for equality, for a better world. And so I know that I can't do it full time, but I recognize that in part of me. And so through my writing and my teaching, some of that comes out. For, for you too, for example, Sue, 
through these conversations, through your radio show, through your network in the prior decade when you had that, you're shaping the world, shaping the world with your guests, your opinions. And if somebody takes that away, you're going to curl up and not know yourself. You know, if, if you try to be something else just because your daughter wanted you to be that person, you could do it for a few days, but not, not without killing your soul. And so I wish people are hearing this and saying, you know what, I need to give expression to that. And don't just think it, write it, publish it, start a blog, do what you need to do to, to be that opinion shaper. The third one is I love it. It's like, maybe you were just born for pleasure. Get that. <laughs> Can we sprinkle that on everything, please? <laughs> maybe you're just meant to uh, go shopping for your barbecue on Sunday. Maybe you just want to hold some job that pays your bills and buys your vacation to Florida. Good for it. So it's like, it's saying, don't overthink it. Don't feel small. You've done other stuff in other lifetimes because, you know, the Vedas believe in multiple lifetimes. And it goes, this is your good karma, just to have a simple life, simple or gorgeous, but it's like pleasure driven. Um, you know, you, you love, you love um, sensual things, perfume, scents, uh, cakes and pastries in a beautiful home to the level that you can afford it. And, and so you might be doing a lot of stuff and people say, well, why do you do it? There may not be a cause attached to it. There may not be like a desire to be wealthy attached to it. It may just be why I enjoy it, pleasure. Uh -huh. And so I remember this life insurance agent, she was a student of mine and she's so frustrated. She thought she was not going anywhere. And once she studied this, she just start, fell in love with her cubicle and the little plant on her cubicle window. And, you know, like she just accepted herself more for the life that she had. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Wait, okay. I want everybody to hear that because it's all relative. It's all for your own self. There's no shame. There's no guilt. This is your sovereign, authentic, genuine self. So how do you get there? Well, first start by reading the sovereign self and doing the book. I love that. And I, you know, what keeps coming up for me is it's like a big check mark of permission. Your book says, girl, boy, whatever, check, you have the permission. You have your, what you said, the vocation of the soul. Yes. You have permission. So with that permission, can we talk about, because this is a huge thing for me. It's, from victim, victimhood to accountability and responsibility, because everything that's going on or that has happened in your life, not happened to you, that's a different language, happened in your life are opportunities. And you can take that with, with growth mindset, or you can take that, you know, growth mindset of accountability and responsibility and, and gaining wisdom from that or staying in the victimhood? How can we have that conversation and educate the audience based on the sovereign self? Well, I feel that, um, you know, I'm so glad that you're putting a plug in for read that book because I think the Vedas were a big into self-information. I think they were the first self-growth movement the planet had seen really. And it was all about leading your life from this place of choice. So we can choose to be in alignment and live the vocation of our soul, or we can live in guilt, try to, 
you know, be like our neighbors or like meet the expectations of our parents. For example, I remember this student who was who was a gardener. She loved gardening, but all, her parents and her brother were PhDs. They were into teaching at universities in California and across USA. So she had this guilt around being a master gardener. They didn't approve of her. They looked down upon her for not completing her master's. And she was somewhere growing these beautiful things, but she was broken inside from judgment. Oof. But then she, you know, read my book. She came and studied with me. And now she's like saying, you know what? I'm so glad that, you know, my, my dharma, my truth is flowing through the soil and getting my hands dirty. And that's, I'm doing with every tree that I grow, that's a PhD right there. That, those were her words. Wow, so, that's, I got goosebumps. That's so empowering, right? right? right. Don't you love that? And why are we humans doing this? Why are we destroying <laughs> each other? No daisy tells another daisy how to be a daisy, but we humans, we just tell our kids, our nephews, our friends, our girlfriends. It's like, why can't we just rejoice in each other being a unique version of the lights? But we, we're not able to do that. So in Sovereign Self, it's not just about a personal permission, but it's also about collective sleepwalking behavior and how can we snap out of it really oh repeat that collective sleepwalking behavior oh bring it bring it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah so i do want to say there was one more swadharma or one more way of being authentic which i didn't want to leave out in our conversation was oh yes please it's called being the inner mystic So some of us have the spiritual inclination. We might be CEOs and accountants and, you know, in car sales or whatever, but there's a part of us that yearns to know God and truth and universe and we gaze at the sky at night and wonder about it and wonder about our coexistence with everything. Are we one or are we separate? And the Vedas give a lot of encouragement to keep following this. And this is a lonely path. I mean, they're not talking about institutionalized religion. They're talking about that quest. And they ask us to embody it and, and, and really look at the question called, who am I now? What am I doing here? You know, am I this physical body or am I spirit? And what does that mean? And so that also gives a lot of permission, again, as you said, to just be that like it's not weird to have that question or or even be me for example (laughs) (laughs) it's not weird i love it yes to each is their own yeah to each is their own yeah really ah the dharma your dharma and and the inner mystic and the coexisting and Guys, it's a blanket of releasing the expectations, not only of yourself, but of others and the expectations and the experience based on others that you have somehow, you're, you know, it's like the, the, the proverbial backpack of stuff that you're carrying from everybody else's experiences, right? Yeah. And, and shedding yourself of that to self, to that sovereign self and creating that environment with your book and to be able to 
understand it from like a, a ground roots level. Does that make sense? Like, you know, really, because I love that because it's practical application. It's, it's, it's not because I know I can't just go and pick up a mystic book from the Vedics and start reading it. But, you know, I, and there's many of us that can't, but we have a desire to understand and to learn about our sovereign self and how to achieve that. And your book, The Sovereign Self, can help you get there. And I, I do, I, well, I don't kind of, I do. I love it. It's like a big check of permission, you know, be yourself, be infinite. Yes. Me, like you said, I love to, when you said you let go and you release expectations towards others, because the first level is when you start leading your truth. And then the second level is we're often not feeling sovereign because we're busy judging and resenting or pushing and pulling our loved ones into silos of how we want them to be and behave. But once we have these concepts, we can understand them and we can understand why your child is a certain way or your teenagers, what are they really yearning for? And then we can like celebrate them. And so I think like we can all breathe deeper when we are leading a sovereign way of life. I'm hoping that my book introduces the word sovereign not only as a like it's like a heavy adjective and 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 and, and, and but it's also a verb and we make choices to be able to become sovereign in a given moment in a given relationship even a given you know lifetime and often when i'm say if i'm having a discussion with my son that's going nowhere he's 26 and so, you know, it's not going anywhere. Typically, <laughs> mom doesn't know anything. But then I kind of start smiling because I see his, like, frustrated attempts to be sovereign. And then I'll say something which kind of helps me take a few steps backwards. Because then I remember I'm not just the mom. I'm not just the role that I'm playing. I'm the soul. I'm not just the role. I'm the soul. Mm. And then when I step back, everything my son is saying makes sense for him and therefore for me and the whole planet and all is well with this moment, son, duo, you know. And so these kind of teachings really, I apply them in my own life. Wait, I got to Wait, wait, hold up. You just said something super juicy. This is a tagline, the role versus the soul. Hashtag role versus the soul. Benny, did you get that? That was beautiful. Step back. And that's to parents, that's executives, that's entrepreneurs, that's healers, that's however you're showing up in the world. If you can take a breath, take a step back away from those expectations, right? Yes. And the role and go to the soul and know that that is their journey, that is their experience, that is their language, allowing them to experience that for themselves, right? Yeah. Oh. Then, yeah. And then when I remember I'm a soul, it comes pre-packaged with a degree of like non-control, yeah. grace, a bit of like light and a little separation. And yes. Yeah. The observer. Like, yeah, dude. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Separating yourself from, yeah. And keeping yourself in a space of observer, but uh, the CCs, compassionate curiosity, right? 
and and from love opening your heart not not from a space of judgment and you know that's sticky right in there and that's and I love that part because that's the real life 3D practical tools because yes, we can have these 5D, 3D conversations and we can go back to the soul, but you know what? I'm being triggered and my son's still, you know, acting out or I've raised three daughters still. They're all, you know, pretty much adults, but still I can, my, my truth or, you know, you were saying the Dharma and uh, the soul, my being can still be triggered. So having tools like the sovereign self in your book and being able to create, create, recreate and create that soul essence. I think I'm just using language for myself here, but creating that inner soul dialogue. And you said role versus soul, just step back and have a soul versus that role. I love that. That's a hashtag sister. You gotta be stamped that it's like a shirt. I'll tell my social media team. Yeah, but it really, I mean, it's good to have these hashtags or like taglines because they, they're like quick cognitive reminders. Yes. And, 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 you know, to be honest, even when you're having an infatuation with something, like I'm infatuated with my little puppy dog, my Labradoodle, and I know that they won't live forever. So sometimes when I'm holding him and then this thought comes because you've, I've raised and lost, you know, other dogs and they, why do they have such a short lifetime uh, and to total love. So then when I hold him and then like a, a shadow crosses over me at that time, also, I remember that we're both souls oh. and not just a role. And that helps me not like fret or worry or get like possessive or irrational about wanting his body to live 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 then i can enjoy him in that moment you yes know? Like, yeah, uh, think, you know the sovereign yeah. self <laughs> right yes truly the sovereign self and having that genuine and authentic appreciation love in that moment and being sovereign in that moment right so people can find many swamis coming out of india like chanting brilliant sanskrit and coding those words and you know and giving esoteric philosophy that vows you but doesn't enter your heart but um, this is a book i've written after i use this knowledge to change my own life to deal with the deaths of my pets which are like babies any animal owner knows these are not pets like, you know, we're their pets and they're like our babies. Every day I remember my lab and my German and, you know, they're like family members, right? So, I've, and I've dealt with death in my family uh, from having a bustling home. We had deaths in a row and, you know, suddenly I'm alone. So I've dealt with all of this in my life. And then came this book through my, through my Walking your talk. My Walking yeah. your talk. Yes. 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 That is powerful. And I am a huge proponent of that. Please continue. I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I want no, an you audience to actually hear that. that. Walking the talk is really important because we meet enough people who are talking the talk. Yeah. And, and, and somehow it's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of smoke, but no fire and no heat. And, and for those of you who are curious about the philosophy and the books, I also have uh, translated some of those verses and here and there where, where, where pertinent I've posted something so you get a 
like a taste of the original teaching, which might be oh. two lines, and then my commentary, translations, example. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. We are talking about the sovereign self, the latest book. So how can we uh website? I'm looking at my notes here. What's your website, love? I would say awakenedself.com uh is good. And sovereign oh, there self is. is available everywhere. Awakenedself.com. And then do you want to talk a little bit about your foundation before we head out? Well, I wanted a foundation. Awakening is a big thing for me, but I didn't want to create new agey, hippie, airy fairy awakenings. I wanted to, awakening to me means awakening to your true sovereign potential, to your health, to your well being, to your choices. As a whole. To, yeah, to the soul. And so I have this awakened self foundation where I use the ancient Vedic wisdom, which includes yoga, which includes Ayurveda, which is a system of health and healing. That's Yay! Yes. And then, of course, this non-dual teachings of sovereignty. And uh, people, you know, benefit from these live classes as well as uh, streamed online cars, classes that people can take at their own convenience. And we're creating quite a stir, I believe. Yeah, I believe there's quite a soul stir. You know, it's that squeaky wheel. Now, audience, you've heard me talk about this. There is something there's whether it's, you know, it's that squeaky wheel or something, maybe something agitated you. I'm like, yeah, I want you thinking that way. I want something to be stirring in you. I want and desire. It's not the one. It's that desire for you and your soul to have the sovereign self, to create the sovereign self, not only for yourself, but others around you. And why not lead by the example? I love that. Yeah. Please pick up the book, The Sovereign Self, and you can go to theawakenedself.com and then uh, get more information there as well. We've got about four minutes left. Is there anything that you'd want to wrap up for us today? I just want to say thanks for putting such a plug in for this book that psychologists and spiritual teachers are calling a classic. And if people were ever curious about uh, what did these Hindu yogis know that they could live so long, teach the world meditation and yoga, then what did they know? What was their lifestyle? Was it a lifestyle of constraints and, uh, and, 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 and prudishness or was it like a big blast? Surprisingly, it was a big blast. They had open sexuality, they had clarity, they had confidence, and they taught the world how to lead like really bold, true, authentic lives. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone of a candidate for that and you're feeling small and afraid right now, I would say read a page a day. It, this book will last a year and people are doing that. I put that challenge out on my social media and I'm receiving letters from Norway to South Africa saying we're reading a page a day and, um, you know, I, I read it at bedtime or first thing in the morning and my life is changing and I'm going to do this every year. So don't be afraid of the size of the book. Understand that very ancient, tried and tested knowledge is in your hands with that book. And thank you so much, Sue. It was such fun talking to you. Uh, what a, okay, so first and foremost, thank you for stepping in the ring being the example, shining the light and bringing all of the Rubik's cube of Veda, you know, and yeah. bringing that to 
The Sovereign Self, your second book, and bringing that to the forefront in real life practical application that's retainable. And I commend you for that. And thank you for leading by example and leading by your sovereign self. I want to remind all of you how to get a hold of book, how to get a hold of the book. If I can speak English, you can go to awakenedself.com and you can also get more information uh, about your online courses, your podcast and other information as well on awakenedself.com. The book, The Sovereign Self is also available all over and it sounds true, correct? That's the, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I love them. They're beautiful, beautiful people. So I'm going to kind of wrap this up in a ball for you all where it's about 8.56, 57. <clears throat> Some big takeaways. Step back. And this is a hashtag role versus soul. You got to make that a shirt or something <laughs> or soul versus role. I love that. I love that you are also walking your talk and leading by example. Thank you so much. It's not always an easy task. It's not. I know it to be true. Um, and thank you for the sovereign self and the permission the permission and the guide and the tools and the information that says the how-tos and it's okay. And it's okay to be who your infinite self is. And thank you so much. All right, website again is theawakenedself.com. Please go and get the book. And it's been an absolute delight here. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I, we've got like a minute. We can, uh, if we chat, then we'll probably roll over. And Benny's like, nope, let's go ahead and scoop that up and go. How about, <laughs> how, how about like some parting words? Just one little quick motion for uh, our listeners. Ooh, just a lot of love for all our listeners. We have every right to be sovereign. Every right. Oh. Love, love, love. Love, love, love the sovereign self. And the audience knows that. It's a big Sue love. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. More information is coming to you at suelunquist.com forward slash newsletter. Until next week, each of you guys are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.